Uh, yeah, the only thing we had left in California that we were allowed to go to was the outdoors, and we lost it for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Um, everybody recording? Yes, sir. Yep. Cool. Rolling, bitch. (laughs) Nobody can say bitch like him. I'll tell you. Sound speeds, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to Hold My Popcorn, where we make fun of the spooky movies and trash the bad ones. I'm Max Celia Nashville, and with us in Boston is the newly married Tim Begin. How are you, Timmy boy? Uh, married Max. Yeah. Yeah. So she didn't run away, which is good. Um, mainly because of the chains, but, uh, (laughs) you know, all in all went well. So, uh, you know, happy to be married. That's awesome, Timmy. Um, I know that you're not a horror movie fan, so have you seen any of these Nightmare on Elm Street movies before? No, never. But to be honest, this wasn't like, it wasn't really scary. No. No, it's pretty much like, uh. Like an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark at this point. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. wasn't like any like real parts where I was closing my eyes. And d- that's like, I'll close my eyes to like Dora the Explorer. So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's pr- it's saying something. The third movie in a series is a great place to start. So that's good. Right. But uh, also over in the, the never ending fiery hellscape that is Northern California, we got John Anoshack. How are you, buddy? Everything's fine, Max. Everything's fine. We're good. Good. It's everything's, it's Okay. Just, just keep moving before the fucking flames reach me, dude. My, uh, my precious bottles of wine that I have in a, uh, um, a, a shipment, shipment that's supposed to be coming to me is probably exploding right now um, in the flames. So there we are. I don't have my booze. I don't have my nicotine anymore. I'm angry, but angry is funny. So let's keep going. All right, good. So we're also we got a special guest with us this week. You might have seen him on shows on MTV like Wild and Out and The Guy Code, as well as uh, Drunk History. TV lands younger. You might know him from his podcast, High and Mighty, The Action Boys, and the Comedy Bang Bang spinoff, The Gino Lombardo Show. Or you might know him as the number one fuckboy. John Gabris is on the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, you might know me from all those credits, but more than likely, you know me from clicking the link to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping Uh, you'd catch a fuckboy or two out of there somewhere. Come on. Yeah, I know. Well, if you're going to have the number one fuckboy on, it's, you know, you have to deal with the consequences and what that means. (laughs) You're all canceled now. Uh, You're going to have to switch to right wing Patreon and make 50 grand a month. Bummer. Uh, congrats, Tim. That's oh. wild. Being married fucking rules. I can tell you that much. I can't speak to like exactly your relationship dynamic or your wife's personality, but the concept of marriage, it fucking slaps, dog. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been good so far. She's, uh, you know, so she's... Far. How long ago? How long have you been married now? Uh, like a week. <laughs> All right, yeah. Yeah. You're literally in the honeymoon. Four period. days, Jen. Like, not- <laughs> yeah. She's letting you record this soon after the wedding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. She even what took my it- leash off today, which was nice. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I waited. Uh, I, I'm a good boy, so I, I leave my leash on until dinner time, and then my wife puts my dinner in a bowl on the floor, <laughs> and I finish it all up, and then I don't need my leash anymore. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm, that's an aspiration of mine, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know that you're in a fantastic relationship when you have two leashes. You have one leash that says, okay, if you're putting this on, we can have some fun, and then the other leash is pure business. So that way you know. <laughs> Because men are simple, and we need these kinds of context clues. 
Yep, and with that, we're starting our Halloween month. <laughs> Men are simple, bitch. <laughs> yep, to kick it off, we did uh, 1987's A Nightmare on, on uh, Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. This thing starts off with a fucking Edgar Allan Poe quote, first fucking thing that happens. Like, I was not taking those kinds of drugs last night, dudes. Like, <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> I'm just happy that Gabers picked this one and not the uh, the overtly homoerotic Nightmare on Elm Street 2 because I don't think oh, yeah. any of us are mature enough to cover that one. <laughs> I, I, I can't speak. I, I was pumped to do, when you asked me, which I recently watched five for a podcast called Two Old Queens. And yeah. then you had, when you uh, asked me, I was like, ooh, watching five, which was awful, reminded me of my <laughs> favorite, which is three, this one. So I said, let's watch this. And I remembered that I... Re- I remember why I like this movie watching it now. It's got absolute beautiful women that a fucking 14-year-old Gabrus would be in love with and also D&D. So it's everything and it's like and they get superpowers. It's like everything teenage Gabrus loved. So to see it all in one movie and watching it again, I was like, "Oh, this movie is fucking weird, but everybody is very attractive and it's got fucking wizards. It's got a girl doing somersaults, double switchblades. Holy shit. I Dick was have it. It's got Dick Cavett. I was on the right <laughs> drugs for that last night. <laughs> I mean, I was just reaching for a needle at some point. The second that <laughs> Poe comes up, it's like, all right. <laughs> it also, also had Larry Fishburne in it. <laughs> Larry. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen. That must be the only credit with for Lawrence Fishburne where no, it's like Larry Fishburne. Uh, he was Larry for like five movies. He's Larry yeah. in like all his big de- debuts. Kings of New York, uh, the King of New York, and... Uh, the deep cover he's Larry. Now. Yeah. Wow. He's like, yeah. Really? He's Pee-wee's Playhouse, he was Larry. Yeah. Well, the, the fucking Apocalypse Now thing is really crazy is that he was like 16 or 15. Persetti yeah, was, was 18, young. lied, was in the yeah. Philippines, fucking forced them to like cast him in the movie. That's some fucking cool ass shit. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah. I guess you do get to rename yourself if you're that much yeah. of a badass. Like, fuck. I loved it. He's my favorite, I mean, spoiler alert, he's my favorite character in this. Larry yeah, Fishburne. Because he, he's the he only one who's rolls. actually a good actor. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> cool as a motherfucking cucumber the entire time. Like, even when, like, the shit's hitting the fan. Like, even when he walks in on somebody dead, he's still just fucking straight cool. Like, shit, man. Well, He's very right. cool when he walks in. Not on somebody dead. Somebody with their head stuck in a television. Like, <laughs> not just dead. <laughs> he's, a, he's an orderly at a hospital. I'm assuming he's, like, gone into some hairy situations, but rarely was a woman a foot and a half off the ground with her head stuck in a fucking CRT television. That was wild. He's like, I should have taken the other pill. Fuck. Damn. Jesus. Damn, I need to invent sunglasses without those things that go over your ears. (laughs) I was yearning for Roger Murta. I'm getting too old for this shit, man. With her head. All right, should we get into it? Yeah. Okay. Please. Good. So the movie opens up with the Kristen Parker paper mache power hour, where we see P- uh, Patricia Arquette eating instant coffee by the spoonful and chasing it with Diet, uh, with, uh, Diet Coke in order to stay awake. But then she's put to bed by her horny mom who refuses to let her psychotic daughter ruin her dickin'. Dude. So, I mean, here's the thing. This is the 80s, right? Oh, yeah. There's a way better way to stay awake in the 80s <laughs> <Yes>. than that. <laughs> it's still affordable you know I mean? back then. And it, and, it, and it also comes from Columbia, like that coffee. <laughs> that was my immediate reaction, too. It's like, she 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 should be doing cocaine instead. 
No, not even pirates back in the day. Just eight scoops of ground coffee beans and shit. Like that is fuck. I don't know what the fuck happened, but really, I do have to. My hat is off to Mama Crazy Bitch because she done netted herself some wild sushi grade dick. Asking for <laughs> bourbon in the background and shit. Oh, you know that's gonna get fucking weird. Especially in that goddamn outfit. Jesus Christ, her shoulder pads would have taken an eye out. So then we get right into our first nightmare sequence where Kristen follows a little girl into her uh, paper mache house. But it's a trap! And Freddie chases Kristen in the rag doll she's holding into a room full of hanging dead teenagers. Then Kristen wakes up, and after she sees that the little girl is transformed into a shitty party city skeleton. <laughs> uh, this Freddy movies always open with a good cold open scare, and like this is the kind of horror movie I was in the mood for. I, I you know, it's spooky movie season in the Gabrus household, so we, we've we've been cracking since the end of September. But putting this one on. This is the kind of spooky I was looking for of just like goofy, practical, wild effects. And like just landing in this movie and and Freddie always pops up so early in his movies, which I love. This just got me so hyped. I was like, hell yeah. Can't wait for weird fucking like blue screen, like your know, rear projection hell and shit. This is going to be so sick. That was my initial thought. I was like, wow, they really are not wasting like they're they're not wasting any time with like subtext to this movie. Like they're just here's the villain. 30 seconds in. <laughs> yeah, here's the titular Freddy that you're dying to see. Well, I guess he's not even in the title, technically, so he's not right. titular. Sorry. Non-titular. <laughs> All right, you're fucking fired. Get out. Get out. <laughs> um, so, a little trivia fact here, too. Um, the director told the prop team uh, to think of Auschwitz when they were making the dead girl, so they spent five weeks making this like realistic, mechanical, decaying five-year-old corpse. And then the director saw it and thought it was just way too disturbing to uh, keep in the movie. So he just told them just to go make something else real quick. <laughs> so they put something together in like five minutes. They're like, uh, how about this? God. This is one of this guy's first movies uh, yeah. that he's directing. And the crazy thing is, like the shit he would go on to direct, if he's pitching Auschwitz in the first movie, he goes, he directed The Mask, Eraser, and Scorpion King. Like, oh <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim, for The Mask, here's your inspiration. Auschwitz. Think Auschwitz. You got to stop saying that. But I didn't. I didn't realize this guy. This guy, the director, uh, who I'm looking him up right now, Chuck Russell. Mm -hmm. He wrote the movie Dreamscape. Are you guys familiar with? Yeah, I, I don't know Inception. how young or old y'all are. Yeah, Dreamscape fucking rules, dude. With a psycho den young Dennis Quaid, Max Van, Max von Sydow. That movie. Yeah. I didn't realize. I'm sorry. I'm learning the backstory of the movie. This is all research I could have done literally. No, 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 it's all good before the podcast started. <laughs> I mean, that I, I I think I had mentioned that like I'm like a a year ago on this on the show I was watching that randomly I'm like what the fuck this is just fucking Inception why is Inception such a big deal then <laughs> this guy literally goes into into people's dreams and changes their mind yeah I got the weird there's a weird monster in it though right I th yeah Who the f I'm trying to think who's the villain in that he, he's like one of the few good actors that's in the movie I don't know we're not talking about that movie we're talking about Freddy Sorry. 3 non-titular Freddy 3 Nightmare on Elm Street 3 alright anyway charm <laughs> Damn straight it is, like this movie. <laughs> well, what an awful nightmare. Good thing Kristen woke up in time before it was too late. But oh shit, the dream isn't over! And Freddy turns Kristen's bathroom into a blood bathroom, where he slits her wrist before Mama Parker wakes up or wakes her up and sends her to a psychiatric hospital. 
that was just such a weird like that for some reason that scene where like she her mom walks in and she's like holding her razor blade you know and her wrist wrist is slit it was such a weird surreal scene it was almost like out of pulp fiction like where they have like a snapshot where tarantino's you know wife comes home and they're moving a body or was like ha 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 it was such an and all of a sudden bam she's in a, psych, a psychiatric ward it was just very weirdly acted. I don't understand. Usually if you come to and you're holding a razor blade and you've cut your wrist, um, your mother is already screaming and then you start screaming. Right, right. <laughs> I just don't understand. It's like the mom also woke up at the same time as her. Yeah, and she was already standing there. It's like, okay, maybe this is genetic, huh? I was getting my fuck on. You just ruined me for this? Come on. You always do this when I have boyfriends over. They never come back. <laughs> Also, everyone everyone knows if you're serious, you go up the river. (laughs) Believe me, I know. (laughs) Let me tell you. Okay, Tim, stop looking in mirrors. (laughs) You're married now. Come on. All right. So then Kristen attacks Larry Fishborn and punctures all of our eardrums with her high-pitched screaming. But then the final girl from part one, Tim, Nancy Thompson fresh out of grad school, steps in and calms Kristen down because she's the best in the biz and knows all about Freddy's twisted nursery rhymes. <laughs> I like how the uh, like they introduce her as like, she's doing some interesting work uh, in graduate school about this whole dream thing. It's like, no, she she's not. She just had those dreams. Like, that's not the same as research. And <laughs> also well, has I- a super sketchy prescription to a super experimental drug that nobody else knows about that's probably illegal. Right. The, the problem these Freddy movies have is that like the con- they try to keep some of the continuity in between movies. Like, oh, it's Nancy again. But everyone would know Nancy as the person who people mysteriously died around and allegedly was blamed on a dream like hunter hunt. And so people would be like, Nancy, this shit again. Like, if she tried to go to like she got an internship at a psych, they'd be like, Nancy, we know you're that girl from the other fucking town where everyone was murdered around you. Like, the same shit happens from four to five. Like, all these characters stick around, but try not to act like they seem to have like uh, fish, like goldfish brains where they don't remember exactly how to deal with uh, what just happened in the previous movie. Oh, you're, so you're the girl that like murders people in the sleep? Oh, and you want to come here and study dreams? Yeah, seems legit. <laughs> come on. That actually would have been a better movie, though, if they just like they all just turned on Nancy because nobody does that at all throughout this entire movie. They're just like, all right, I don't need this hot shot telling me what to do. That, the, the older, uh, the head doctor, the doctor who's above our buddy, uh, he's kind. He, the guys of over uh, Neil Gordon, yeah. the lady. She's sort of like. She's sort of like, mm, I don't trust this little tart, you know, like she's kind of like <laughs> anti and it is just like she's in grad school. Forget her. I'm I learned the hard way guessing or whatever. Which <laughs> <laughs> is still valid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Mental health was a much different thing back in 1942. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, we're, we're still putting, um, you know, disturbed children into fucking padded padded rooms alone really like that's the answer you're going to the quiet room kid what the fuck it is the 80s it is the 80s i think that shit was still happening back then dude yeah (laughs) yeah they got the mass grave out back and that's where all the kids play yeah we were doing corporal punishment in my house in the 80s so i'm assuming (laughs) it was not good at insane asylums (laughs) at least they had pads on that wall 
Yeah, exactly. At least yeah, their dad wasn't six foot five. <laughs> it was just all the pads were filled with asbestos, you know, small catch. So my wife works on the mental health floor at Bleep. And it honestly, it's the same. Like, <laughs> you actually probably Cut should, that out, put Max. this in, Max, because of like, you know, like legal things and such. But uh, yeah, Lots it's like bleeps. the same. It's like they have padded rooms. People go in there all the time. <laughs> it actually kind of looks comfy. I wouldn't mind doing that if it's completely dark. Like, my bedroom is way too bright anyway, so I'd trade well, that. Tim, I got to ask. I mean, do you guys ever uh, go into one of those padded rooms and just go a little crazy? Um, I've That's where he met. I was in the padded room. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. She, she came in. Oh, yep. wow. She's Ugh. like, oh, did you smear your feces all over here? And I said, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you knew it. She said, oh, that's cute. <laughs> and she right. said, just so you know, you're the bastard son of 10,000 maniacs. <laughs> <laughs> because the night belongs to... I'm obsessed. Like She says like thousands of lunatics, right? That's how they refer to Freddy's like origin story, which is so wild. I'll let you get to Metal. that. I'm not going to jump the gun here. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to it. So Kristen, she sees this melting little kid's bike roll up next to her. So she gets out of bed and, oh, fuck, she's back in the Elm Street house. Where she faces uh, both, uh, you know, Tim and both of the Johns' worst nightmare, a wasted, uneaten, barbecued pig. Oh, dude, that oinks back. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Also, you can tell that they were really, really trying to make budget on this. Um, right before you oh, yeah. the, the thing squeals, you see a bottle of champagne on the table that disappears. But it was one of those, like, cheap bottles of, like, mums. The thing costs, like, three bucks. They probably paid for it in pocket change, like, just to put on the table. So this actually was a real pig because they were so cheap in this movie. Oh it, would, it would have cost too much to make a fake one, so they just bought a real one. And it was actually decaying. And they, like, oh. they had to draw straws for, like, who was going to put it out. Because, like they said, the actors just, like, held their breath during that scene. So it just completely reeked. <laughs> Jesus. Good God. It was yeah. a black-footed pig. <laughs> I mean, so when they wrote the script, the uh, the director told New Lines, like, this is going to be a $20 million special effects movie. And New Lines, like, great. We'll give you $4 million. <laughs> Okay. That's about right. Yep. All right. So, let's see. Bam, bam, bam. Um, and, oh, yeah, also, Freddy turns into a giant penis and tries to eat Kristen. You got that, too. <laughs> that, that happened. That, that did happen. Specifically, specifically, a very veiny penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The vascularity was out of control. More yeah, than dude, a Yeah, dude, he was definitely on his apple, yeah, definitely on his apple cider vinegar tip there because he was fucking <laughs> tight. He was fucking <laughs> carved up. <laughs> <laughs> If I could imagine a dick with a six pack on it, yeah, that's about it. It's just so slimy, though. Ooh. So yeah, the reason why it's slimy too. Um, oh, little backstory, sure. little backstory on the phallic Freddy penis monster. So um, when they brought the thing to, to set, the director's like, "That looks like a giant penis," and the prop guy's like, "That's what you asked for." Like, we had several meetings about this, and then the director said, "I can't have it looking like a giant penis. Change it." So they just like threw a bunch of like green goo on top of it. <laughs> This director seems seems to just forget what he says most of the time. Apparently, he was just a like it was a total shit show. The entire movie was like. Yeah. Also, it's not that far out of the realm of possibility. Like when a young boy goes through puberty, that he just goes and sticks his dick into all kinds of shit. So there's all kinds of green slime. You know, there's lint from the couch. You know, don't talk to the cat. But it's just it's 
there's reality there. I don't understand how a little bit of green slime and some shit just hides a dick. <laughs> I can show you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, put the camera back in. <laughs> Woo! All right. I'm fuck my fucking walls are sweating. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> All right. Well, Nancy, she inceptions herself into Kristen's dream and they're both able to escape the dick monster. So that's good. <laughs> and then we got. Yeah, how Gr- does she like inception herself around <laughs> this whole fucking thing? No. She just, Is it because I'll do some work for the movie here. Is it because like she's already dealt with Freddy that she can like slip in and out of like this dream and share this dream world with the other people? Because they've all, they're all having issues with him, right? That's like why they all end up there. So yeah. they're all currently right. dealing with him. It's, it's just a random parents. collection yeah. of people. <laughs> it's pretty weird. <laughs> oh, because they're parents, right? Because they're the descendants yeah. of the last children of Elm Street or whatever. Because yes. apparently the entire town of Elm Street killed Freddy because they have another three movies after this. The same premise. but Yeah, yeah it, keep, it does keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy must have been a real shithead. <laughs> Well, you know, it's the spawn of a thousand insane people. But I really, I'm very impressed by Freddie. He clearly has a connection with the federal government and got into the census data to know where these kids are. So that way he can haunt their fucking dreams. I mean, like, what if, I mean, I guess like, I don't know. What does the cell phone reception look like on a dream? Like, would you be able to catch my dreams from the East Coast, Max? There's a lot of stuff yeah. we need to we need to flush out on this no, one. I like, could you do it from the other end of the of the of the world? Does he need to find you, or do I just need to shut the fuck up and we need to move on? I, I, I like that one better. I like oh, that okay, idea. cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then we got group therapy where we're introduced to a bunch of kids that are going to die later in this movie. So I'm going to list them real quick and make it easier. We got sleepwalking Philip, who's just pretty much Rudy without the work ethic. Uh, got, a, <laughs> got a sassy black roommate, Kincaid, who's the muscle of the group. Then we got Joey, the horny mute, who's rocking a super cool, good Charlotte, white boy, teardrop face tat. Then we got Will, the crippled Dungeons Dragons master, Jennifer, the wannabe Hollywood actress, and then uh, Taryn, the recovering drug addict. Oh, Taryn. Absolute know. smoke show. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Especially she really grew on me, pump. too. Yeah, I actually have a note later on being like, Taryn looking real good with the glitter on those titties. I like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's over, all over Patricia Arquette. It's like, why? Look at Taryn. Yeah, Taryn, Taryn's like, I don't want to say head and shoulders about Patricia Arquette, but she's, she's definitely up there. Uh, but gentlemen, the, why are we forgetting about the nurse? Uh, we'll yeah. get to the nurse I mean, later. Tar- <laughs> <laughs> Max, don't you worry. Nancy's a smoke. The nurse is a smoke. Taryn is a smoke. You know, like everyone is beautiful. It's very exciting. Fucking uh, Kristen is a smoke. Young Patty Arquette. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, that's the great thing about the '80s. You know what I mean? These like there was just they're just like yeah, hot girls. Throw them in there. Can they act? No. Who cares? Yeah, it gives a shit. Take her top off. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, ne- the actor Craig Watson, I, who I don't really know, that dude is like, he's weirdly handsome for like a children's dream specialist. The guy from, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's like he's a stud, obviously. And then like uh, Lawrence Fishburne, like everyone is a fucking stud in this movie. And then they get fucking the Roper from fucking, <laughs> sorry, from uh, Enter the Dragon. King stud. Even the dudes are connection? fucking studs in this movie. It rules. That's a really good fucking point. Oh, f- and for that <laughs> one orderly who was trying to fuck the uh, the brunette girl later in the movie. Oh, he yeah, he stud. was a stud. 
Uh, even the nun for the age. Love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get in there. Freddie's mom. Right. Freddie's mom has got it going on, baby. Dude. Freddie's <laughs> mom has <laughs> got it going on. Dad. Um, when do I get to meet a dream warrior? Because, spoiler alert, there are no fucking dream warriors in this movie. I was expecting, like, a fucking throwdown, and we'll get there, uh, but Kincaid, bro, you met him in the group. Oh, yeah. King- Man, motherfuck y'all. Kincaid, I'm here on y'all shit. Fuck y'all, motherfucking <laughs> bullshit, dude. I don't need this crap. Fuck I love Kincaid. Oh, yeah, Kincaid fucking rolls. He wears suspenders, and his, his like, dream oh. persona of himself, like, Taron turns into, like, a badass, like, yeah. uh, cyberpunk the paralyzed kid uh, turns into a fucking wizard, and Kincaid turns into like a 1950s circus strongman. Like he gets like suspenders and a tight t. He turns into like Artie from The Adventures of Pete and Pete. I really wish they would have just given him a big ass mallet, and he just running around this fucking dreamscape, just knocking walls down. Ah! Oh, with his TJ voice, respect must be paid. Just knocking walls down and shit. <laughs> like I feel like I feel like if if Kincaid was actually cured of the whole dream thing, right? He would still be in the insane asylum. They'd be like, "All right, that was like the first thing we had to knock off the list. You got a whole bunch of other shit going on here that we got to deal with." FYI, we lost Max. He just decided to disappear. Oh, well, all right, yeah, yeah. I'll, looks like his I'll run it from dropped. here. Okay, you got it, Gabrus. <laughs> I got it. So now we got we know who everybody is. And you're saying to yourself, I've seen uh, Freddy 3 before. I don't remember some of these characters. Why? Because they're about to die, motherfucker. They, all, <laughs> they oh, go to sleep, deaths. right? We, we, oh, Max is back. Thank God. Yeah, Holy shit. I'm no back. Idea. Yeah, Gabrus just took it over there for a second. You almost lost your show. <laughs> yeah. You already got enough you podcasts, Gabrus. I was about to say, yeah, just what I needed. Another podcast with these freaks that I don't know at all. (laughs) Thank you for calling us freaks. Most people call us other words. (laughs) They're far more disparaging. It still still starts with F. still early on in this podcast. If this thing goes fucking another two hours, God knows how I'll feel. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so so where did uh, Gabrus leave us? Um, so we met all the kids, um, and surprise, yeah, you don't recognize any of them from the other movies because they're all about to fucking die. Yep. Yep. Or even like, I mean, I think King K's the only one actually comes back in the other movies. They even recast other people. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Kincaid is the only actor I think who's in four, yeah. which I haven't seen it forever, but we'll be watching shortly. <laughs> Dude, actually, I have the entire uh, DVD box set of this. My wife got this for me a couple of years ago. And uh, she literally made it through like the first five minutes of this movie up until um, the bathroom scene. And she's like, I can't do this. And she just, I have to turn it off. We we have this box set somewhere too. My wife used to work at New Line Cinema when we first Ooh. graduated college. Uh, the house that Freddie built, as they call it. Uh, <laughs> that, Bil- that Bilbo put a major extension on. <laughs> or that yeah, Frodo no put shit. a major extension on. <laughs> yeah, here's the Freddie shack and here's the Peter Jackson wing. It's massive. <laughs> All right, getting back into it. Time for some kids to die. First up, you got practice hero Rudy, where a string puppet Freddy crawls off the wall and turns Rudy into a human puppet before cutting his strings and pushing him off the clock tower to his death. So this was likely, in my opinion, one of the more brutal kills, if not like the, and not even the kill itself, because he just gets pushed off a building. Okay, you fall to your death. Splat. Okay, it's over. But the fact that his marionette strings, or whatever you call them, were his 
fucking veins. His entire vascular system was pulled out of his wrists and legs as he was drugged down the hallway by that. I was like, I, uh, uh. it's the only time where I felt this in my jimmies. <laughs> that was pretty. It's, that was pretty good effects too. Oh yeah. I mean, the oh, guy yeah. actually kind of sold it. He looked like he was in pain. Straight out of the thing. That was as gory as it mm. got. Love it. And then, yeah, and then you got Jewy, uh, Joe, Jew, Jewy, Jesus whoa, whoa, Jewy. whoa, whoa, okay, hey, maybe, right. uh, maybe I should get off this podcast. <laughs> hey, I warned you, John. <laughs> All right, you got Joey the Mute just doing like his best lasting impression, too. <laughs> I know, he's playing like a fucking improv short form game where he's got to like, uh, two words, uh, <laughs> human ventriloquist, uh, marionette, marionette, go, go, go. <laughs> What's that? There's trouble. There's trouble at the top of the bell tower. Lead the way, boy. Come on. Jesus. Yeah. But luckily, everyone gets to get into one room, so we get a good shot of them all screaming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, Kincaid loses his fucking medal for this, since he knows what the fucking deal is and still wakes up to see this kid walk out and sleepwalking and be like, go back to wake up, motherfuckers. Shit, <laughs> shit. Uh, a fine asshole. Like, really? That, that, was, the, that was as good as you could do? To help your buddy, your roommate. It's no good. Hmm. And they get that, that lead female uh, doctor like the next day just saying it was like a sleepwalking accident. <laughs> it's like, all right. It's like, listen, he accidentally got out of bed, walked through a locked door up fl- like several flights of stairs, acted like he was in Team America for a few minutes, and then he just jumped off the clock tower. It's your it's your textbook teen suicide. Yeah. <laughs> it was an accident, Doc. <laughs> now, why don't you go have an inappropriate relationship with this young this young graduate student. <laughs> Ten four. No, no one's curious why the, uh, the sleepwalker Rudy was able to get out of his, th- but everyone else is like trapped in the room. Like, how did he get up to the bell tower? Everyone's like, must be suicide. Not like something else is going on because you shouldn't be able to escape this <laughs> insane asylum. Yeah, all the doors are still locked. How yeah. do you get up there? So- so there's something unusual here, but everyone just brushes it off like, well, he killed himself, just like everyone else that's been here. It's like, you guys are doing very bad at your job. <laughs> like, it's time to analyze it. Well, like, shit. He we was horny. Like, we get to three kids dead later in this movie, and only then does, like, the management of the insane asylum come downstairs to see what the fuck is going on. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is the fourth dead teenager this week. God. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a the even higher up. You need to, you need me because it needs to be a man character, so you know that I'm in charge in the eighties. Yeah. There's no way this woman has final say. <laughs> like they needed to invent like a, I'm the administrator head of the hospital. I'm even more, and I agree with her. Men agree. Like it really felt like that. Well, I am wearing glasses, so I mean, come on. Yeah, and then, you know, the old bitchy doctor tells everyone that they're, she's, you know, they're going to lock the doors and sedate them, which is just a great therapy session. <laughs> it's like, I know you lost your friend last night, and I think you guys need to talk about it. I think Freddie did it. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about, you stupid fucking horny kid. <laughs> Jesus. You know, it's just healthcare, man. America. Yeah, we really, we had it all figured out. Well, then you get the super iconic primetime Jennifer TV kill. With the uh, with the the, uh, the Dick Cavett show, with uh, Dick turning into Freddy and killing Zaza Gabor, then morphing into a 1980s TV transformer and ramming Jennifer's head into the screen. And we we get our catchphrase here. Uh, Welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so fast. He says it so fast and so furiously too, as he says it. As he grabs her head, like as he's grabbing her head, he's saying, "This time for prime time, bitch." God, and it just brings it in. It's 
whoa. I mean, it was it was very intense and very quick. If you weren't listening or watching, really, I mean, you're just kind of half watching, you probably wouldn't even notice what the fuck he said. You would just fixate on the fact that someone's head just went through a fucking TV. It kind of flew by me. It was like the bit, I, I remember doing like a double take. I kind of like had a squint in my face. I'm like, did he just, did he just call her a bitch? <laughs> Why? Well, that's like, <laughs> I, I'm obsessed with this. It's funny you say that. I'm obsessed with this because it is like Freddy's catchphrase. He says bitch in like every movie. And it's, Weird because it's misogynistic, but it's it makes no sense that like he would need to do any extra like razzing to these. He's like in their dreams, he's in their nightmares, he knows their worst beliefs, and he's still the best he can do is like, You're a bitch. He's just like is a cranky old dude who's like, You're a woman, so you're a bitch. And you're like, <laughs> okay, Freddie, <laughs> why? That that was kind of my impression of it. I was like, it felt like the comeback. From like a like a middle school lunch table, <laughs> like yeah. a kid who didn't who couldn't really get, like come up with a comeback. Well, you're a bitch. Exactly. <laughs> like, sorry, I'm just in the dream, turning into a TV, sucking you in, uh, overcoming Dick Cavett's personality, and all. But I still, at the end, got to go. Sorry, bitch. <laughs> I feel like after each kill, like the inner monologue for Freddie is like, ah, I really got to come up with a better line. I need to start writing this shit out before I start killing these kids. Yeah. <laughs> so funny enough, I think actually, I don't know if you could kill somebody by pulling their head through a TV these days because they're all just plasma screens. I don't mm. know if that would have killed you. Back. Like, I mean, I guess this was a special TV that grew a tinfoil head out the top. and <laughs> That's stuff. true. In, in arms. So that, yeah, so that's a little different than a normal TV. But I couldn't even, like, a CRT might slit her throat. Uh, plasma yeah. TV might fuck you up pretty hard, but you're right. I think you you would just get like that fucking spider web effect, and it'd be a bummer. I mean, I, <laughs> that'd be a bummer. Oh <laughs> shit! Shucks, guys. Just crawls out of the TV. She's like, ah, you dick. That hurt. <laughs> I am oh, looking wrong for that channel, paper. bitch. <laughs> Hold on. Can you come? Can you come over here again, <laughs> real quickly? I got something better to say. It would be great if Larry walked in, though, and Freddy's still trying to kill her, just like banging her head. <laughs> he just shoved her in, back in and out of the, out of the other TV. <laughs> Larry's like, I'll come, I'll come back when you two are done. <laughs> Shit. So actually, um, that, was, that, that line was improvised by Robert Englund, too. Hell yeah. Yeah. You're like, he's like, stop calling everybody on set, bitch, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work it into my character, bitch. <laughs> Who's a bitch now, bitch? <laughs> oh, shit. All right. And then at the funeral, Dr. Neil talks to this mysterious nun who tells him that they need to put the spirit of Freddy to rest in order to save the kids. And then she disappears. Ooh. She'll be back, it- though. We, we need to talk about her. She'll come back. Is she real or is she not real? Is she a ghost or not? I need She's to know ghost. that. She is a ghost. a ghost. Okay. I couldn't figure it the fuck out if she was a ghost or not. Yeah. Once again, I was on the wrong drugs, guys. <laughs> Freddy's mom's ghost has got it going on. Just got to change the lyrics a little. It still works. Just a little bit, man. But I mean, seriously, legs for days. Amazon woman. <laughs> yeah. I, I But I do not want to see that music video. Oh, boy. It's uh, yeah. a rough one. Anyways, anywho, so. all right. So you know, then uh, Nancy tells the kids that they need to team up in the dream world to defeat Freddy. So they all inception themselves into the dream world where the kids can live out their fantasies. Like the crippled kid can walk, Kincaid can bend chair legs, 
Uh, old mute Joey can make out with a hot balloon titty nurse in the side room, but it's a trap! And the nurse is Freddy, who bites out Joey's tongue and uses it to strap him down and take him as a prisoner. Oh my God, dude. God. So, this talk about being tongue tied. I came right when Freddy's face was revealed. It was such. It's embarrassing, but now I don't think I'll ever be able to come without it. <laughs> That's a hell of a handicap to walk around with the rest of your life, my man. You might want to talk to somebody. So um, they have they have a whole like a like a you know, four hour um, documentary on this called Never Sleep Again, in which is they're covering all the movies. And for part three, they cover it, you know, obviously pretty extensively. And originally they had that woman wearing a Freddy mask with her tits out, but they thought it was just, it looked way too weird. It was going to freak out way too many people. So they cut it out. <laughs> we can't they fuck have with the, the pictures of it. And it's like, oh, yikes. I love how they were afraid of like unsexying the tits. Like, oh no, it's too creepy. We can't have unsexy tits on fucking screen. It's going to sully the fake titties. <laughs> Can't be doing that. But really, how else is how is this editor gonna editor gonna get off if we don't uh, change it here real quick? But like the <laughs> the tongue bindings are actually really interesting, and I started thinking, and I wanted to ask the group: Has anyone ever had their ankles or wrists licked before? Like, <laughs> I mean, I got a dog, so what? Oh, okay, have I okay. my ankles or li- Of course, I have, John. What the fuck? <laughs> At the same time, how else do I get the peanut butter off? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to fucking ask anymore. Why did you ask that Knuckle question babies. to begin with? Oh, the I tongue, asked that question. I the, the tongue restraints looked cool as fuck. That was dumb. Mm. I got to admit. They did that was pretty, pretty cool. creative on Freddy's part. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, I'm going to restrain this guy with, I don't know, tongues. The <laughs> irony is because he doesn't even yeah. use it. Yeah. Take that. Ooh. All right. Well, then the dream world turns into a burning boiler. Looks like everyone's going to die. But then that bitchy doctor runs in, wakes everybody up. Suspends Dr. Neil and Nancy for leaving you, Joey, in a coma and prescribing the kids uh, with uh, some hydroxychloroquine. Honestly, <laughs> but, like, this, this is a little bit back, but I just love, like, the doc, the guy doctor. He's just Dr. like, Neil. we're never going to, yeah, Dr. Neil, we're never going to give these kids that dream, that dream medicine. Cutscene, like, two seconds later. All right, we're giving them the dream medicine. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, just Nancy came over for dinner. <laughs> Yeah, they're just quaaludes. None of these kids are actually dreaming. They're all just tripping balls. Yeah. <laughs> they're so fucked up, they just don't notice Freddy. He's in the background. Hey! Bitch! Hey! Look at me, bitch! <laughs> What's up, Freddy? And the ghost nun delivers the unfortunate news to Dr. Neil that Freddy was conceived after a weekend-long gang rape bender between the young nun and all the inmates, which is uh, definitely not the best way to spend your weekend. Yeah, that's a real rough... Like, to make why Freddy was a, a child murderer make it make sense like this woman who has no agency this character is created and then just her the the idea of her was raped by thousands of lunatics is the phrase used in five and this one yeah. that is so fucking twisted to like the backstory is like it's really the mom's yeah. fault you know <laughs> <laughs> the reason Freddie is so fucked up it's really the mom's fault because she got locked in. you know women in their keys they can never find their keys so she get locked in the asylum overnight they show more of it in five and it's kind not too much of it not like that farting but yeah. it's upsetting it's legit yeah. upset enough that it's upsetting i like how they're like well how many how many lunatics actually raped her thousands what <laughs> right. it doesn't even make sense how that can't be true 
That's that's the in the script. That's what we're going with. <laughs> right. Let's go to the tape. Yeah. No, please don't. I love how they said that all the thousands of lunatics were the father, all at the same time. Yeah. The bastard son of thousands. Like I that. Okay. It's like, well, he had a a nun as a mother, so he should have been okay, right? Think. <laughs> I mean, nature versus you know, nurture. Anyway, this is All when right. uh, Mariska Hargitay comes on screen <laughs> <laughs> and iced tea. Oh, <laughs> you tell me you got locked into the Thane Asylum. See, Tommy, you said all this stuff, and this isn't a Rob Zombie movie. <laughs> Man, it's cold. All right, fast forward a little bit. Doctor Neil tells Nancy that all they need to do. Uh, it's just find and bury the bones of Freddy. And Nancy says there's only one man for the job, her estranged, drunk dad from the first movie. Hell yeah, Roper from fucking Enter the Dragon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolute badass. Uh, well, what's his name? It's escaping me for the moment. Uh, what the fuck is his John name? Saxon. Yeah. John Saxon. Yeah. John fucking Saxon. rules. I, I like that, you know, they haven't. she hasn't spoken to him in years, but she knows exactly where to find him. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's only one man for the job. What time is it? 11 p.m.? I know where he is. He's <laughs> going right to the bar. Uh, he's a true alcoholic, you know what I mean? <laughs> is he, like, in uniform at the bar? He's, like, in military dress at the bar? He's like a security bar. guard, I think, right? Yeah. 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 He's, got, he's got his badge and gun and everything, man. He's just hanging out. Everyone's like, hey, John. Hey. I used to be a cop. We know. He's a stutter. I knew you'd come back for me. Hey, listen, I don't think I should drive. Can you give me a ride home? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so at the bar, um, you know, they find out that Kristen's been sedated and Freddie's going to get her. So Nancy runs back to save the kids while Dr. Neil uses his years of psychology training and uh, surmises that the best way to talk to this drunk PTSD-fired cop is by slapping the beer out of his hand, just flipping the table, and just pinning him against the wall and saying that they're going to go on a scavenger hunt. Dude, talk about fucking sushi grade dick. The doc found his. He found his dick and he grabbed it and he told this motherfucker what time it was. And it was fucking impressive. And he just told him, he's like, scavenger hunt. Basically (laughs) what happened. It's fine with me. I don't have any money to pay for these drinks anyway. (laughs) Get in the car, bitch. (laughs) I called dibs on driving. Oh, no, I killed like eight kids. This is way worse than the movie now. This is a dreamer. This is real. Damn it. So at the, at the hospital, Nancy, being the master of persuasion, cons Larry Fishborn into letting her see the kids one last time, where Freddy starts attacking them immediately. But then we jump back to the opening scene of the movie with Kristen and her horny mom. But it's a trap again! And Freddy decapitates Mama Parker. Then Kristen runs up the wall like Liu Kang in Mortal Kombat before his open field tackling this window and falling down the stairs. That uh, the mom head talking is pretty fucking cool gag. <laughs> that was fun as hell to see that up close. This is the only scene of the movie where I actually laughed out loud. But it was just Freddie's delivery when he said, uh, it's like, I said, where's the fucking bourbon? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, guys. We've all been in that situation before. <laughs> Did you hide my bottle again? <laughs> also, Freddie in that tuxedo looks a lot like the old guy from those Six Flags commercials back in like the 90s. Oh, dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, Eesh. definitely. So there's only 15 minutes left in this movie and there's still way too many people alive. So you cut the Mohawk, Taryn. 
who apparently fell into the first level of the old Sega game, Streets of Rage. Where she yeah, gets in, in full costume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah full costume. Yeah. <laughs> I, she looks fucking great, though. And the idea of two Switchblades that are that small are really funny to me, too. <laughs> <laughs> they are like weirdly short knives. And I'm like, she's underprepared against Freddy's blades, and we see it. <laughs> I love... Okay. These are cubicle scissors. What are you doing with that? <laughs> they're They're literally envelope openers like they're letter openers and that was yes, all that exactly. she could get from when she was in sandestin for spring break is she was able to get those since she was underage yeah <laughs> well they'll have letter openers okay yeah and then you know uh, old freddie just gives her like 10 fingers worth of drugs and just kills her Whew, dark yeah 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 uh yeah. those are the kinds of drugs i needed to uh properly get into the mindset for this movie <laughs> the ones that are like neon blue that you inject uh, into you? Yeah. Uh, fuck yeah, dude. I mean, I want to see, I mean, like, so we were talking about a vascularity, like a, a vascular cock earlier, and mm-hmm. I want to see mm-hmm. the colors. So that way I can make people taste the fucking rainbow, my motherfucking see. Like a deep, like oh, a deep purple. Boy. A deep <laughs> purple. Yeah, t- could you imagine that? Hey, take some of this purple drunk up this dick. <laughs> All right, well, next up is Dungeon Master Will, who faces his worst nightmare, a wheelchair. So Will, having the superpower of imagination, is able to destroy the chair, but then Freddy just pretty much says, fuck it, and just picks him up and stabs him in the chest. I was, this was a little bit of a letdown, like, he could have scared, uh, he could have killed, he scares him in an interesting way with, like, the wheelchair of death coming down the hallway, but he doesn't, (laughs) he could have fucking went after him, he could have done something particular here of, like, like, tease him more knowing that he's like uh, a paraplegic uh, he could have like teased him in some way or like wear your legs now bitch or some shit like that you know the two purple dicks yeah <laughs> I I out loud just said oh no once I saw this fucking this this, this chair and it was it's straight out of scary movie well like which is it's like Mad thing. Max it's a Mad Max wheelchair that's what it is <laughs> It's like you need a guy on front of it with a guitar just blowing fire yeah. out of it. <laughs> the doof warrior. <laughs> God, I need to break my legs. Shit, look at that thing. This is by far like the meanest, the meanest uh, kill attempt. <laughs> yes. Just because it's just yeah. like, oh, cripple boy, you're going to get killed by this wheelchair. <laughs> Literally like teasing him with it and then yeah. killing him. <laughs> and the only like, uh, like, power like the only moment to shine this poor character gets is when he uh shoots lightning bolts out of his fingers at a wheelchair (laughs) (laughs) he's like i did it i conquered the wheelchair (laughs) oh wait i'm still gonna die (laughs) yeah what about me bitch (laughs) stab (laughs) they missed out on like a couple of DD acronym jokes that you could have used like I mean, you could have done drop dead, like double dead, like you could have dead and dead. Like he should have said something funny. Yeah, let's swing and a miss. It's Wes Craven, you know, he's known for that slapstick comedy. I was going to say, Max. <laughs> Last house on the left, hysterical. Hilarious. I heard Hills the have eyes, the best. laugh out loud. Yep. All Sometimes right. I confuse him with Mel Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then you got Kincaid just bursting through the wall like the Kool-Aid man and challenging Freddy to a fight. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah! Dude, I wish we had some more serious uh, dialogue with him. Does his, does his um, the pitch of his voice stay the same in the it's next It's still movie? the same now. It's the same. It's like a wow. 60-year-old man. He still sounds like that. 
Really? It's it's crazy. Yeah. Just so the listeners know, whoever's doing the Kincaid impression is not doing like an offensive version. <laughs> like this is exa- this is what Kincaid is doing with his voice. He's yes. got like this weird old black exploitation like pimp affectation on top of he's kind of like a meaty dude so it's like a real weird con- and he's got a very sweet innocent face he's a very Kincaid is a complex complex character very, very complex and, and and when and this moment they're like we gotta find him he's like fuck it and he starts knocking down walls and he's like I'm coming for you bitch and he uses bitch <laughs> back at him and he calls Freddy a pussy you burnt That's face pussy <laughs> He calls him a burnt face pussy. That's fucking wild. Kincaid's go, going hard. He's kind of like for a. Freddy. He's kind of like a Mike Tyson that is kind of <laughs> lacking the talent of Mike Tyson. <laughs> it's like Mike Tyson before he lost all that weight. So if you, yeah, if you were to take Mike Tyson, his voice and his IQ, you would have Kincaid, right? Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, it's pretty much. A, it's honestly, it's like just you. You put. Um, Mike Tyson, and then he put in Fat Albert, and he just crossed them together, and that's what you get. Yeah. Well, I don't know about Fat Albert. This kid had some. He's wearing fucking on. red and blue too, isn't he? Come on, oh, yeah, Fat Albert. he is in yeah. like a weird. Yeah, yeah, he looks good. He has like a Mork and Mindy type outfit on because he's got those suspenders, <laughs> yeah. so he looks kind of strange. But he he's fucking he he does look intimidating when he's swinging that styrofoam pipe at Freddie. <laughs> it looks pretty fucking hardcore. If you ask me. I like how the two girls, like when he busts through the wall, are like surprised at him making a bad decision and challenging Freddy to a fight. It's like this they're in a room with eight doors and he just decided to bust through a wall. Oh, to yeah. get to them. <laughs> so yeah, Kincaid like, has not been making good decisions from the fucking startup of this movie. No, page no. one. <laughs> he does turn into a sweetheart like really fast, which was a little odd to me. Where where it goes from like, oh, I'm just gonna let my roommate just go sleepwalk and kill himself to like, yeah, we're on the same team, guys. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You had one job, Kincaid. Come on. Yeah, you're supposed to be the asshole. Come on. Stay Level awake and asshole. make sure the kids don't die. <laughs> yeah, so the, survive, uh, the surviving dream warriors that head down to Freddy's red light playground to rescue Joey, where Freddy shows the kids his face nipples before disappearing. <laughs> oh, oh, it's like from, uh, what's that, oh, Max, what's that movie we did uh, with Bruce Willis? Not Bruce Willis. Oh, oh, uh, fucking um, Total, Total Recall. Recall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wade. Schwarzenegger. Start the yeah. reactor. Start the reactor. Wade, start the reactor. <laughs> Ew, shoot it. <laughs> Kill it with fucking fire. Oh, wait, we already did that. <laughs> yeah, so meanwhile, you got Dr. Neil and Officer Drunk digging a grave for Freddy when all of a sudden... The stop-motion skeleton of Freddy pops out, killing Nancy's dad and then throwing three piles of dirt on Dr. Neil before celebrating and jumping back into the dream world. It's <laughs> a little pissed off for, for Freddy there. You, you think that maybe he could have used some of those special powers that he burned out on all the car lights and honks that he was getting out of the, the junkyard and maybe put a little more dirt on top of the guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally three scoops. He's like, that'll yeah, do it. That's good enough. <laughs> I almost covered his whole face. Now, I guess he did take about three or four solid hits to the head with a shovel before he fell into that, which I'm very mm. surprised that our boy, the doc, actually woke back up. So, okay. Big, yeah. he, he has a pretty dramatic wake up. <laughs> His faces in this movie are fucking amazing. He's like, <laughs> like It's like, like getting, I'm imagining the director saying to him, okay, now struggle to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then he does that face, and the director's like, what are you doing? I said <laughs> struggle. Totally struggle. Yeah. Uh, I'm awake now. How do I move slowly? This There's... fucking... Sk- this fucking uh, swords and this like Ray uh, Harryhausen skeleton is pretty fucking exciting here though. <laughs> yes, <laughs> something. This is fun. This is some Army of Darkness level it, shit. It looks like, just this, like Army of Darkness. It's. I mean, it's really fun for like I watch so many of these modern movies. I take a fucking skeleton on strings in a dark like any day. That was Fuck so yeah. fun. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, Doctor I mean, Neil. It looked, it looked stupid as hell. Oh but no! Of course, it's, it's a big it change. Like, I mean, like for for instance, Gabriel's like at, uh, in Max and I's heart, like the thing holds a special place, and it's all because right. of all the practical effects and you know the gore that you get. I mean, like just like the kid, you know, earlier in the movie getting drugged down the hallway, you know, off of his uh, you know his freaking veins being pulled out of yeah. his body. Like Looks that's cool pretty fucking stuff. intense. And then CGI even today wouldn't do it justice. No. no. And then the other the other thing is like. It can look a little goofy because it's got the fucking suspension of disbelief that you are in the dream world all the time. Mm. So like, it, like it's like Freddy's making this. So it can look a little goofy, but if it looked too digital, it would not make this even makes narrative sense in the eighties. And like, hopefully, if anyone went again, they try to reboot this for the fortieth time. <laughs> they figure they should. I think they should go practical. I was gonna say, uh, case in point is that. That 2010 movie that they made that did not look good. Ugh, movie fucking sucked. I was so excited to see that movie. Saw it like opening night Thursday, like you know, pre-gamed, went to it, and we're like, this movie fucking sucks. I haven't watched. Wasn't there one where they sort of like make uh, they make Freddy like sympathetic, like where like you like start to feel bad for him? Yeah, Freddy origin story where you're like, oh, everyone's mean to him. The child murder. It's like, why am I feeling bad for Freddy? This is not what that movie should be about. No. No, then they flip it around. He's like, oh, not only is he a child killer, he's also a child molester. I'm like, come on. Yeah, and then yes. making him a child molester also makes these movies like less fun where it's I like, know. okay, well, now I don't want to think about Freddy like fucking these kids. I just want to think <laughs> about him using his tongue through the phone to startle them. Wait, wait, wait. He, so in like the, what was that, the Freddy versus Jason, they made him a child molester or something? No, they remade the Nightmare Even on later. Elm Street in like- oh. The Jackie, Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, um, Mara Rooney played, movie. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, yeah. yeah, because that's what the movie needs—a little bit of child rape. That'll balance mm-hmm. it out. <laughs> you know what this? Yeah, you know what this movie needs? Jesus. Kid rape. Yeah, yeah. We Let's need to make, make it Freddy. The thing that's wrong with Freddy is that it's needs to be more serious. Like, <laughs> God, have they watched this fucking movie at all? Like, what are people? <laughs> we need Freddy, but more serious. Okay, who's that movie for? <laughs> no one knows. Yeah. So, mute Joey. He uses his voice to save the kids from Freddy's Hall of Mirrors. And it uh, looks like the good guys won as Nancy gives her recently dead dad a hug. But it's a trap. And Freddy stabs Nancy to death while Kristen just stands there with her mouth half open. She's got to know. That dad's never given her a hug. <laughs> you know, that dad hates her. She got him up off his bar stool. He was like, I would have been alive and drunk right now, God, Nancy, <laughs> goddammit. It's just all of everyone's reaction reactions in this scene are just wrong like why is nancy happy and smiling it's like your arch enemy already killed your mom now he killed your dad and like you're acting like kevin costner meeting his dad at the end of field of dreams <laughs> it's like you haven't told i know i haven't talked to you in years honey oh it's okay daddy i hope you enjoy heaven oh wait no you're freddy i'm dead Ugh. yeah all dogs go to heaven bitch <laughs> <laughs> There were some serious missed things. 
God. So back at the junkyard, and Doctor Neil apparently is now is a he's an exorcist. He splashes a few shots of holy water mixed with doers into uh, Freddy's bones that makes him explode or whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Wait, that just reminds me of the weird part where the priest is like, "Hey, where are you going with that?" He's like, "Take my driver's license." And the priest looks at him like, "Oh, this has got to come back," and that never comes back. Does no, it? nope. I don't know. Yeah, I totally forgot that. That he like. He, you know, intimidates uh, the dad into like, he's like, we're going to go for a scavenger hunt. And he's like, I'll be right back. I got to go steal some shit from this church first. <laughs> Give me your booze. Yeah, we didn't spend any time talking about how we actually stole from a church. That's fun. <laughs> totally forgot. <laughs> that's really fun. We were too oh, we were too focused on the child rape. Sorry. Yeah, yeah but that's what happens. <laughs> All right, then at Nancy's funeral, Neil realizes that the nun was Freddie's mom. Oh, boy. Nobody saw that one coming. Freddy's mom. I'm serious, guys. Fucking legs for days. Mm. Beautiful. All that gray hair flapping in the wind. Mm. Yeah, get, <laughs> keep keep moving. I'm gonna say something terrible if you keep let me talking. Go. You better bring a mop in a bucket for that. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Especially wow, when you take some of this purple drink out this dick. All right. Well, then to wrap up the movie. We see Dr. Neil sleeping with Nancy's dream doll in Kristen's Elm Street house in the background when a light goes on in the house. And you know what that means? It means that everything that Nancy and the kids did was for nothing. <laughs> the movie's over. Fuck you. And everybody's still dead. What are you trying to waste the electric bill, bitch? Shut the lights <laughs> off. What do you live in a barn, bitch? I feel like Freddie would be a fantastic like public service announcer, you know, for like the state of California or like something like maybe if you got him up there with Fauci so he could kind of be like his <laughs> translator, like the anger translator like Obama had, you know, where he's just like, wear your mask, bitch. <laughs> All right. Should we get in some trivia? Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. First one up here. Kincaid's audition. So, um. Everything in this movie, they were late. I mean, they were late with production. They were even late with the auditions. So the director just said, just do whatever you want. So the actor took a chair and he just like threw it against the wall and he just started cussing the, uh, everybody out in the room. And they're like, you got the role. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, Dr. Neil getting thrown into a grave and being half buried was an homage to uh, his movie Body Double, where his character is also buried alive. Oh. Brian De Palma's Body Double. Yeah, that movie is fucking weird. Jesus Christ! I gotta rewatch that. I haven't. I, every time I do one of these movie podcasts, I get like six more movies that I'm like, oh fuck! <laughs> now I gotta watch this movie, and now I gotta be. I'm gonna be on another podcast about a different movie, and I'm gonna have Body Double on the mind <laughs> to talk about body. And people are gonna be like, we're not talking about Body Double. I'm like, which Freddy movie is this? <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna talk about Craig West and banging Melanie Griffith. All right. Hell, fuck it. Always. <laughs> yeah, talk about. Yeah, I mean, Melanie Griffith in that movie looks. Different. All right. Um, I actually, Gabrus, I want you to go on that next show if you really are going to be doing that and immediately just break off into some other, you know, talk about this movie, talk about another movie. And then when they ask, like, what the fuck, be like, you asked me on, bitch. <laughs> just podcasting, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> boop, boop. Just hang up. <laughs> Click. Thanks for not doing that to us. Anyways. Yes. I All can't right. figure out how to hang up on Skype. That's <laughs> really right I've tried a hundred My computer's too expensive to throw out this window. How does Skype work, bitch? <laughs> All right, this might be my favorite one. It's a two-parter. So uh, the Zaza Gabor, Dick Cavett scene was completely improvised with Cavett 
um, handpicking Zaza Gabor because he specifically wanted to see her get killed by Freddy because he <laughs> thought that she was the dumbest person he had ever met. Oh my god, that's it, hilarious! What a what a monster little prick! He's so great. He's such <laughs> he a is. like legendary little prick. I love it. I know. And then part two is according to Robert England, Zaza didn't read the script and had no idea who Freddy was, so all of her reactions were real. And uh, this was a this was a quote from England saying. She didn't know who the fuck Freddy was, so when I jumped out, she had a mild freak out. <laughs> oh, I would believe it. Awesome. Uh, Dick Cavett let his freak flag fly in the, the late 80s, too, because he did this movie, and then he was um, one of the dinner guests at Beetlejuice the next year. Oh, right. Oh, shit. It's like him and Robert Goulet. He's like the most random people. <laughs> All right. Um, this is the first movie where uh, Freddy is called Freddy. You know, before that, he was just Fred Krueger. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Groundbreaking oh. research conducted by me. You won't get facts like this anywhere else. <laughs> Thanks, Max. In the original script, one of the warriors uh, dreamt up a giant Transformer-style robot to fight Freddy. But the I guess like the robot got to the storyboard stage, and then they just they they just cut it up. His new line said it was you know too expensive. I'll jump in here to say that's the one thing. If I could remake Dream Warriors, just settle into the play the D and D part of it that they kind of set up earlier on, where it's like, let me just get one shot of Kincaid flexing, standing next to the uh, paraplegic kid or the uh, wheelchair kid shooting lightning next to Taryn pulling out two blades, uh, and I guess that'd be cool. I guess Patty Arquette's thing was gymnastics. Was her dream power? Yeah, just running <laughs> up like, walls. Yeah, or martial arts, whatever. Just give them each something, and just give me one shot of all of them. You know, get to this dream. I know if the movie's trying to save money, it's like, I don't give a fuck about the dads chasing down old car trunks. It's like, <laughs> let's see everyone living in the dream world with their weird powers. Fight like one skeleton. Fight like, solve one puzzle with your powers. Like, that's what you're setting up, and that's the coolest part of the movie. Yeah. And I think for, like... Especially now with the fucking how much everyone loves Marvel shit. It's like, make this movie again, dude. But like lean into this part. Totally. Where they like fight after fight someone who's bothering them with their own imaginations. One kid's like a ripoff of a Pokemon trainer. One kid's the ripoff of Transformers. <laughs> yeah. One kid's the ripoff of Game of Thrones. Like whatever kids are fans of now, that would sell the fucking shit. What? Yo, delete this, Max. I'm, I'm going to sell this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got, I'm like in a Hollywood meeting. I'm like, so... It's executive produced by Hold the Popcorn or Pass the Popcorn or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, they're four dudes scattered all around the country, but they fucking, they solved it, man. They, they're they in. They're story by credits on this movie. Yeah, that, that's actually in the credits. It's, uh, you know, co-written by Hold the, Grab the whatever, who gives a fuck? <laughs> Pass the pop, grab the popcorn, hold my popcorn, uh, the popcorn trick from the movie Diner, something like that. I don't remember what it is. It's the credits, they just keep on flashing every time you say that. It's just something different. Like, what is happening? Is this part of the movie? Yeah, you could turn it into a funny Monty Python uh, credit scroll with that if you wanted to. But. All right, go. two more trivia facts. Uh, Winona Ryder auditioned for the Patricia Arquette role, but it was turned down because they thought she was too young. For fuck's sake. It's because she was like an actual high schooler, and movies just always love casting like 32-year-olds as high schoolers. <sighs> yeah. They'll never, then, uh, they'll never get over it. They'll never learn. Nope. nope. And then uh, this was Oscar winner Patricia Arquette's first movie, and her first day of filming did not go well. Um, so, you know, as mentioned, they were everything was behind, so they didn't get to her until 4 a.m. 
So at that point, she had already forgotten all of her lines, and they had to do 52 takes before someone wrote the lines down on cue cards and put them in front of the camera. Oh, geez. Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> yeah, first day, first movie, and then that happens. That's that's a rough one. <laughs> Welcome to the life. Yeah. Welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> know your lines. <laughs> All right, time for questions. First up, the box office game, Rapid Fire Edition. So, uh, Gabrus, this is when we we just guess the box office, but instead of us just kind of like, you know, just tiptoeing around it, I just scream at everybody because nobody really cares. All right, so, John, give me a number. $75, 20. and they made like, I don't know, $85 million. Wrong, John. All right, how, how about you, Gabrus? Go. Uh, tw- uh, made it for $7 million, made $50 million. All right, Tim. Uh, give me a number, Tim. Made it for $10 million and... Uh, they made eleven million. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a close. That's that's a hell of a profit margin. That's yeah. <laughs> it's a real number this time, Tim. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Movie cost uh, like four and a half million, and it made forty five million at the box office. Ooh, wow, that was close. You were very close. There. Yeah, that's yeah. very impressive. Yeah. Also, this movie was released in February. Why would they ever release movies like this in like any month but October? I, I makes no fucking sense. I can tell you why they, they they rush the shit out of the Freddy movies. Yeah, they, like in between Freddy four and five, uh, there's three. It, Freddy five comes out three hundred and fifty eight days after Freddy four. Not even Whoa. one full year. <laughs> Holy shit! That's a tight turnaround for a movies. <laughs> well, I mean, this one was oh, only fifteen God. months between um, number two and three. And then exactly. the one before that was like 16 months. So, I mean, like Heather Lanningkamp, who plays, uh, you know, Nancy, I mean, she's supposed to be playing like a grad student, but it literally only three years had passed right. <laughs> from the first movie to the third, because they were literally making them every calendar year. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You think they would have been able to do it a little bit faster back then, though, with all the blow? Like, at least they had performance enhancing <laughs> drugs that were practically decriminalized at the, at the time. I just I just don't understand that. It's like October really isn't a huge movie month anyway, but it's like the first week you get all like that's where you get all your money, and then just like release it the week before Halloween because then you're gonna get like another, you know, bunch of like you know horror freaks the following week too. Yeah, no. I don't work in Hollywood, so I don't know how it works. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I to be fair, none of us on this call work in Hollywood. <laughs> I just live very close to him. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing a whole lot of work in Hollywood, doing most of my work here on this microphone. In my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Continue with questions. So who's your favorite and least favorite in this? Um, Taryn is my favorite. She's badass. She's sexy. She's hot as not Dream Taryn. She's even hotter as Dream Taryn. And then my least favorite is... Uh, I like this is just a holdover from being a kid and seeing this movie for the first time. I don't like Joey. It drives me crazy <laughs> that the nurse wants to fuck him. <laughs> I don't I'm care jealous. if this is fantasy. I'm jealous, and so I hate Joey for that. Like I used to get jealous of characters in movies because girls <laughs> like them. So uh, I'm gonna just carry that on now to Joey. <laughs> it's like the Bill Burr bit. It's like you know the only reason why that happened is because they wrote it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm screaming that at the screen. I could have been in this movie. <laughs> so, right, I mean, my my favorite is Larry Fishburne. No question about that. Um, my least favorite, and this is going to annoy John, is Freddy's mom. 
I mean, what a weirdo. It's like, what a weird, she's popping up out of nowhere, freaking people out, telling some sob story about how she was locked in an insane asylum and blah, 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 whatever. Shut up. What about the fact that Freddy's mom has got it going on? Legs for days. Um, yeah, my favorite also is uh, good old Larry, Larry Fishbourne. Fishbourne, Max, God damn it. No, it's it's Larry Fishbourne. All right, oh, wait, <laughs> you. It's based because he is of the fish. Oh, he's of know the that. fish. No. Yeah, he's descendant poor. of fish people. Everyone knows that. Yeah, no. uh, he, lo- he lo- Lawrence, first of my name, Fishbourne. That, he who is called Larry, Morpheus, arbiter of blue and red pills, and trout. Uh, so, uh, Freddy is my favorite and my least favorite. Um, favorite because Ooh. no one can say bitch like this. Oh, no. Did I fucking get loose connection? Least favorite because, in my opinion, he's the sniveliest of sniveling me. shits in the horror world. Just, he's always like, I'm going to fuck with your dreams, kid. Ah, fuck off, Freddy. Complicated answer, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. Complex character. Turns out I contain multitudes, bitch. <laughs> it turns out I'm a child rapist. What? Everyone hung up when you said that. I, I literally <laughs> everybody did. Yeah, I was like, okay. So Max, yeah, we're gonna take that out, please. Without context, that is nothing but going to jail. And I think that we literally just lost fucking Max again. Several minutes later, I got a note from my wife that I shouldn't even try watching the debate. Apparently, it's a fucking dumpster fire. Yeah, hey. my wife's fires. My wife's watching it right now, too. Oh, hey, Max. Hey. Fucking bullshit. Dude, I, I swear to God, the only time we ever have fucking internet connections is when we have a guest on. Yeah, so it's your fucking <laughs> fault, Gabrus. Thanks God a lot. God damn it. Uh, well, don't... Hey, look, just to make sure I don't fuck up your internet, I will never do this again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for your... I'm just in interest of protecting your internet. I'll okay. never come on the pod again. Don't worry. <laughs> that makes me feel a lot better. Thank you, Gabrus. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, so um, it ended with uh, me saying the words, I'm a child rapist, and then everybody <laughs> just went real quiet, and then I thought I lost everybody, and then Gabers came back on and was like, um, I think everybody just left, man. <laughs> oh, the, the host uh, disconnected from the call. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My least favorite's Nancy. All right. <laughs> Yeah, there we, go. we did it. Thank God we waited for you to come oh, back. Oh man, the anticipation <laughs> of knowing. Yeah, we must and know. I have no idea. We must know who's Max's least favorite character in this was. I was just gonna say that it's just like Larry Fishborn is just like acting circles around her whenever like they're in a scene together. It's bad. Like it's like yeah. comically bad. All right, time for our hold my popcorn ratings. Uh, so Gabrus, you know. We kind of made our own ratings, you know, like Ron Tomatoes, they have their fresh and Ron scores, IMDb, they have their one through 10 score. And, you know, we just decided to make ours. It makes absolutely no sense. So um, I'll go first. I'll give this eight face Stick nipples. Yeah, I'll give this eight, oh. eight, eight, eight face nipples out of just three disconnected calls during this podcast for me. I'm going to give it uh, 10 times that I came seeing Larry Fishburne on the screen. That's going to be my score. Oh, nice. Good. <laughs> well, I'll give this 10 slithering tongue restraints out of the millions of times that God could have gotten off of his shitty cum-stained golden futon and helped a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
uh, I'll give this um, six out of six bitches. <laughs> All right, so you know we got we got Gabrus on, and I don't want this internet to break, so we'll skip the social media shoutouts this week. We'll just yeah. jump into recommendations. Uh, so, who wants to go first? I'll go first. I mean, as far as recommendations, shit I've been watching recently um, on Shutter, you've got uh, Stillborn, which is actually still slash born. Um, really, really creepy, atmospheric, and psychological horror. That's a slow burn. Not too many jump scares or anything like that. Just, you know, something to uh, make you lose a little bit of sleep the night that you're going trying to go to sleep after watching it. Um, and then, as far as shows, um, Raised by Wolves is some of the best original sci-fi that this planet has seen in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll I'll jump I'll jump in here because I'll piggyback off. I fucking love. I'm loving Raised by Wolves. I'm Oof. all caught up. I'm looking forward to it's fun to have TV shows to like look for specific days to uh, in the pandemic specifically mm-hmm. where yeah. it's like ah Thursday and I'll just run you through a couple of days of so you can get what I'm pumped about. Ah yes, Thursday Raised by Wolves, Friday The Boys, mm-hmm. Friday Ted Lasso, Sunday uh The Vow. That's pretty much like I'm the things I'm pumped about to watch. And if I'm going to throw out a movie I watched recently that rules, I got to go with Netflix uh streaming. It's called uh, the octopus, my teacher, or my my octopus teacher. Oh. It's just about. It's a fucking awesome, very peaceful, very zen movie. Something I needed as a, like for my brain at the time, and it, it felt fucking good. Highly recommended. Awesome. I'll I'll pop in here, Max, and I'm gonna recommend hot new show. Um, just <laughs> came out. Law and Order SVU. Uh, it's just it's just came out. Hot, fresh on the scene. You got some fresh face actresses like Mariska Hargitay. Ice tease at it. Watch it. <laughs> Great, Tim. Thanks. You're, you guys got it. <laughs> so, Gabers, Tim is such a big SVU fan that we did two episodes where he just did, he hosted just random SVU episodes. <laughs> and nobody's fucking listened to him. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Well, it's like, all right, we're going to watch uh, season four, episode 27, and uh, season nine, episode four. Yeah, right. that doesn't get that doesn't get the millions as the as, as like the other episodes. No, no, not doesn't get that Joe Rogan numbers. <laughs> you're not moving to you're not moving to a fucking underground bunker in Austin with your uh, with your hold the popcorn money. <laughs> Pass the popcorn money. Feed me popcorn money. <laughs> hold my popcorn money. <laughs> Question mark. Sir, I'm circling. I'm warmer. <laughs> We're not going to give you the satisfaction. No. <laughs> All right. Um, so my suggestions are going to be uh, specifically for Gabrus because, I mean, I'm a big fan of your podcast and you're definitely never going to come on one of ours again. So, um, <laughs> so first I think one is plenty. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first off, I want to thank you for introducing me to the midnight because I am a huge synthwave fan, and they're they're awesome. Um, oh, sick, yeah. And I know that you're you know you're a big Tangerine Dream fan, so um, I'm gonna recommend that you check out Hello Meteor. Have you ever heard of them before? No, I have not. So uh, he's an electronic like Dreamwave musician, but like all of his songs sound like they're straight out of the '80s. It's like no lyrics, you know. It's oh, that's that's my wheelhouse. I'm yeah, like, dude. 
gonna definitely check this out. I just put it in Spotify. I'm saving it now. All right, cool. Um, yeah, no problem. It's great to you know listen to when you're working or driving or you know in your case like blazing doing dishes or whatever. So, <laughs> um, and then uh, my second recommendation is gonna be the video game that we've mentioned on here before, and it's called Bro Force. <laughs> oh yeah, love Bro Force. Okay, good, <laughs> good. I, 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 I was good. I would have been concerned. I of course I've played Broforce. Of course I have a Steam client. I of course I have a Steam controller. I have everything I need to play Broforce. <laughs> I've been playing The Ghost of Tsushima on PS4 Ooh. like crazy. That's Ooh. been really fun. It's violent and peaceful at the same time, which is kind of where my brain is at right now. So it's a good, a nice pairing. Hmm. There you go. Sweet. I just keep shouting out recommendations, and you guys are like, and that signing off, giving plugs, and I'm just screaming about recommendations. <laughs> if you guys Ted Lasso on Apple, it fucking rules, dude. <laughs> watch an octopus movie. You gotta watch an octopus movie, please. <laughs> watch it eight times, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> One for every tentacle. <laughs> All right, before we get out of here and before my internet shuts off again, is there anything you want to plug, Gabrus? Uh, yeah, if you like movie podcasts, I co-host a movie podcast called Action Boys. Uh, it's on Patreon, uh, so it costs money, but we do have some free episodes there. Uh, it's not for everybody, but uh, that's okay. It might not be for you, the listener, but check it out. If you like this, I'm sure you'll like Action Boys. It is, you know, just talking movies uh, beat by beat like these guys were. Um, check it out. Uh, we have free episodes if you go to actionboys.biz, and you can test and see if it is for you. Uh, and again... It might not be. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally bought I bought Sun Death the other day just because I had never seen it before. It was an extra dollar to buy over renting. I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll put it on. Let's see. I'm like, oh god, this movie's fucking terrible. Sick to own though, because it's better to own that shit. Because you're gonna want to watch that again. You're gonna want to be like, no, you got to see him fight a, a mascot. <laughs> you haven't seen Van Damme fight a mascot. Let me pull that up in fucking HD, dog. <laughs> Yeah, you want to see some standees in the background? Looks a very, it's very socially relevant, as, like as today too. <laughs> Just as many standees in the back. Well, that's the show. If you're still listening at this point, you must be a fan. So tell your friends about us. You know, actually, better yet, you know, you know, just use the share button on your phone and just send it to everybody you know. Just like send it to like ex-girlfriends, coworkers, yeah. grandparents. Yeah, open up AirDrop and just whoever's around you, just AirDrop this episode to them. Just whoever accidentally forgot to shut off AirDrop, send them this episode. Everywhere you go. And just fast forward to the part where John said that he was a child rapist. And just fall. Yeah, and that's where you got to send it. <laughs> and then um, also, you know, check out the, the 15 podcasts that Gabrus is doing. Please do. All right. Well, that's it. Be good humans. We'll be back next week with something spooky. Mm. Bye. Jesus fuckers. Bye. Bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>